And somehow in this forgiveness area, what we think is, I've had this experience with God. I even did the soaking part of it. Now it's just going to be downhill from there. It's going to be easy. And I'm just going to say a flat wrong. You might as well have the expectation ahead of time. That thing is going to be tested. That wound is going to come back and it's going to be right in your face because you're still quite a bit who you were. The other person, let's say, hasn't done the God thing and they definitely are who they were. It's coming back at you. So if I'm not able to enforce this thing, forcibly stand, this is not a passive standing. This is not a weak standing. This is not a, well, whatever, whatever happens, happens standing. This is a no, I choose a forgiveness lifestyle because the grace of God is a better way to live. And when I choose unforgiveness, I'm choosing to be attached to your wound, to be married to your wound, instead of drinking in the presence and life of God. I refuse to live that way. I am going to stay in a place where I'm open to the presence of God, drinking in the life of God. I don't care what you do to me. These are lifestyle choices that have to be forcibly entered into, or I don't get where I need to go. Well, Dale, we are here for Effective Heart Change, the Let It Go series. And of course, we're dividing this up into sections or segments because uh, it's long, but we're about to finish up this particular part of the Let It Go series. That's clear as mud to me then. <laughs> we're, we're finishing up this section. I well, just, there the, at the beginning, I actually thought this was the end of the Well, it sort of yeah. is. In the Let It Go series, this one is called Process. This, this series is called Process because it talks about how do I go through the process of letting it go. In the next segment, which is frankly the same process, but it's very, very different, we'll be talking about judgments and how you handle judgments. And it's actually titled In the King's Seat, where people get into these lofty positions of how they handle life. And, and the, the whole letting go looks different if you're on the victim side versus if you're on the king's seat side. So we'll be looking at it from a completely different point of view in, in the next series. And hopefully it's God's point of view. <laughs> well, we, we hope it's God's point when of view. When I'm in the king's seat, uh, seems like I might be sitting on somebody's lap if, uh, <laughs> if I am. Well, yeah. that is a lot of what needs to happen in the king's seat. We need to let go of the God-type, playing God-type of thing, and, and that that's actually is one of the major points in that series. But that is the next section. That's the next okay. series. Today we're finishing up, and it's called Standing. We've been soaking, and now we're standing. We go from soaking to standing, and I want you to think about it. Think about forgiveness. What's the whole purpose of forgiveness? Why, why do we go about it? Well, you have a specific incident, and it's good to let go of that specific incident, but I think the picture is much bigger than one incident of wounding. So the soaking is, is what we do with it, and the standing is where we choose to take it. It really is, but let me back up and elaborate on what I just said. If you were wounded, you can only be hurt by what you care about. If you're wounded, what are the odds that something very similar is going to come your way again? Oh, somewhere near 100%, 100% Some, I would say. Somewhere near 100%. So at some point, I begin to get this almost fatalistic view of, why bother? It's just going to happen again. And the point is, if I don't change, we started this last time with the soaking part. Many people, the forgiveness is simply about, I arrived, I let go, it's over. And last time I started talking about the receiving part, if I don't receive from God in a way that I'm changed, and how do I do that? I soak it in and I get to heart change. Because if through the forgiveness process, I don't become a different person, 
then it is going to happen to me again. I am going to be angry all over again, bitter all over again, have to walk through this process all over again. And at some point, it just, life becomes a mess, meaningless, angering, frustrating experience, and I haven't exactly gone where I need to go in the let it go process. So we get to a point of frustration and we say, it's not worth my effort. It always comes out, comes back at me, uh, and then we get angry with God because he didn't take care of it. He said, we forgive. Well, if, if, you, <laughs> if you're holding on, you're not really forgiving. And I find that a lot with people who unforgiveness is a big issue. They really do get to that point of just, who cares? Why bother? I think it's human nature. Uh, we, we expect things to go as we think they should go. And when they don't, it's, uh, it's got to be somebody else's fault because I'm me, you know. So I'm, t- I'm taking care of my business. It's other people and, and then God because I can't sometimes pawn it off on, on someone else. So then it's God not doing what he was supposed to do. So in the last podcast, we talked about soaking, which I'm receiving, I'm beginning to see those purposes, I'm walking through some of that. This one, we're emphasizing standing, and I want to jump off for a little bit because of how heart change actually works. And the way I believe it works, God intends for us, first of all, to get that spiritual connection. We're, we're being spiritually renewed. We're being spiritually built up. If you try to do forgiveness simply as a decision, Well, it's going to be hard unless the incident's pretty minor, and so we've been talking about through this entire series, these are things that you can't do on your own. I connect with God. I receive at that spiritual level. Then I need the renewing of the mind. I need the renewing of the emotions. I walk through that process where I I begin to see differently. I'm thinking differently, and I'm understanding my need to let go, or maybe I'm seeing that other person differently. I'm letting go. Then when we get to the standing part, this one is really going to emphasize the body and the body reactions, because there are spoken words that need to happen. There are actions that need to happen. If I don't walk this particular piece out, which is the standing part, then I don't fully get the heart change. So you've painted a picture for me. I'm at a swimming pool. Uh, It's hot uncomfortable, so I jump in. I'm soaking. I'm taking it in. I'm not going to stay in the pool the rest of my life. I've got to get out. So when I get out, I'm refreshed, possibly. It's a little bit better, at least, but I've immersed myself in the water, and I'm thinking of God as being the water. And so when I get out, I'm going to stand there and take it in. I may towel off, but that's not to get rid of the presence of God. It's to, to appreciate the moment that I've just experienced. So does that parallel at all? What you're talking about, jumping in, being immersed, being in Christ, getting to that point, now I'm outside. I'm, I'm on the bank. I, believe it or not, we weren't created to live in the water. Um, maybe that's a difference here. I, I don't know. But there's, there's ongoing life where I'm going to stand. I need to get refreshed. I'm out. Well, now I've got to do life. And doing life is largely in the standing. It's at that very practical level. So what's going to happen, I'll virtually guarantee you, I've got these wounds, I've got these things that I care about, I was violated, I went through pain, out of that pain, there's the unforgiveness that develops, I make the decision, I get it handed off to God, I've gone through all of that process. Now, the demonic realm, I'll guarantee you, and people in general, just because they are who they are, all of that stuff is going to come back at me. And it's going to hit me in a way that tries to reinvigorate or, or re-injure or whatever word, that, that wound. And so all of this energy is going to come right back at that spot. 
And what happens, people think, well, I thought I had forgiven that. I thought I had done, you know, let go of that. Well, the reality is you spoke the words. You walked through the process, but there's got to be a standing. There's got to be an enforcing because you don't have full heart change yet. You don't have full heart change until you walk it through. And in fact, you don't have full heart change until you walk it through in a way that, that really establishes it with strength. But then we're still not there because there's going to be an approximate show up. And when that shows up, have I changed enough so that I don't respond the same way I responded before? The standing is taking uh, the action and putting it into reality, into into your day-to-day life. Like you say, you can't live in the water, uh, no matter how much somebody loves the water. Uh, they have to come out. And, and one way or the other, you'll come out of the water then, uh, <laughs> but where you go with that is, is the standing part. So I have this soaking experience, and a lot of times people have this. They have a neat experience in God, and I'm feeling good, and now my heart is large, I'm ready to forgive, we're on the right path, and then the same person says something the next day, and I'm like, nothing has changed, and, and I'm aggravated, I'm frustrated, all that stuff is there. That's where I call it the enforcing, that's where I call it the standing. I have to understand, no, I handed this judgment off to God, and this person is still pretty much the same person they were before I forgave them. So for me to expect them to respond completely different, because maybe I even not just forgave, but maybe we even had a reconciliation moment. So out of that, now I I expect, oh, we had a reconciliation moment. Everything's going to be different. Not so much. The person still is the same person that person is, and unless they had a God moment, and are really doing some changing, they're going to send the same thing back. So at that point, I'm tempted to get a hold of my judgment that I handed off, my, my wound that I handed off, and say, hey, I'm taking that thing right back again. And if I do that, everything reverts back directly to where it was. Or worse. Or worse. And Everything I've done, all of the work I've done up to this point, at that point, is pretty meaningless. Well, let's talk about where forgiveness came from. Uh, Our capacity to give forgiveness is because God forgives us. So basically, when we forgive someone, or think we have, we've offered what God has given us first to them. And, And so when we take it back, it's just like taking it back from God. It's, it, do we want, when we uh, don't agree with God, that he takes that forgiveness away? The standard there is, is definitely an ego standard, because I have the power to take it away from you. Well, the reality is uh, you've been given a gift, and you can give that gift away, and you should. But when we start taking it back, uh, you, do you want God to take the, the gift that he's given to you back? And that's what's so important. Ultimately, forgiveness can't be about forgiveness. If it's about me forgiving you, I've missed the point because you're going to be the same person that you were. I'm going to largely be the same person I am which means that we can project the same kinds of wounds are likely to happen again. If your forgiveness is based on the other person changing their mm-hmm. behavior, or it's even based on you being large-hearted and good you, yeah, you changing your behavior, you're barking up the wrong tree yeah. because that one just isn't going to work. When I really make forgiveness about what it needs to be about, and that's my faith in the grace of God. When I begin to believe that God is right here with me, and he's coming alongside me, he's helping me, so the next time you say that, I believe more in the grace of God, the comfort of God, the healing of God. I am more aware of that than I am your wounding, 
now I'm in a much better place. It becomes a place of expectation. Uh, when we expect a response from someone, we generally will get it. We'll find it. And, and uh, when we ignore uh, God in the process, uh, we're not expecting him to take care of anything. Well, reality is the only, only power we have has been given to us. It isn't, it isn't because I'm some, something special in, in the sense that I believe that I can do whatever. It, and and let's face it, in our our society in, in America, especially, power is a big deal. It's it's a power life, a power power players, you know, things like that. But but where do you get it? We we love the idea of forgiveness if we feel like it's going to give us power, or we need it. <laughs> yeah. So. If I walk through the forgiveness process and suddenly I'm a better person, you're a better person, it fixes the situation. It's like, oh, wow, this is pretty good stuff. And occasionally that happens. And thank God that that does happen some of the time. But there's probably more times when it doesn't seemingly change anything. But the forgiveness process is especially effective. If I walk it through in a way that I get a hold of the experience of God, that experience of God is more meaningful to me than the wound that just happened, and it also gives me a confidence that if you come back at me in the same way, I'm now prepared for that. I'm prepared to be gracious to you because I see the world in an unreal way. No, I'm very practical. I'm very reality-based. But now I understand the purpose of God. The purpose of God is for me to be able to show you the love of God. The purpose of God is for us then to begin to interact together in a way that develops the kingdom of God. All of this is what God wants. And I see life in a completely different perspective. Forgiveness looks very different. I'm, I'm seeing it as a jigsaw puzzle right now. Uh, if, if you buy a puzzle, it has a picture of the finished product on the front. God knows the finished product. But if you open that box up and you take that, that picture away, uh, it's piece by piece. And, and God knows the, the entire, the full picture. Uh, in creation, before creation, uh, before you were created, he knew who you were and what you looked like. And, and he presented you with a box. Uh, and it didn't have the cover on it, and you're putting pieces together. And, and, and anyone that's ever done a jigsaw puzzle, uh, that, that can be challenging, particularly in a, in a very detailed scene. Is your life a detailed thing? I think so. It's a day-to-day, and it's a process that you're trying to put that, if you're putting it together on your own, that's hard to do. If you have a little system, or you have a God that knows exactly what the picture is, the whole picture, not just pieces of it, uh, you're way ahead in the, in the uh, operation. And when we have a wound, an unforgiveness, that one piece becomes just huge in its importance. And so we're looking at this one little thing, and all of a sudden, nothing fits, nothing works, and it becomes larger and larger. Whereas when I step back and when the grace of God becomes larger, I'm able to step back, see a bigger picture, and at that point, I'm able to relax and, and tell me what that does at a natural level, forget even the spiritual level. If I'm able to relax, that builds my ability to do relationship. That allows me to be able to send messages and speak words where all of a sudden we're able to get along because I'm walking through the forgiveness process, I'm having confidence in God, I'm having confidence in the grace of God, that will change things. Why? Because I got heart change. Going back to the last segment, obviously I've soaked stuff in, I drank stuff in, I'm not the same person I was yesterday because of the time I spent with God. So now when I'm facing you, I'm not who I was, but I've also really got to get that applied to this forgiveness piece, not create unrealistic expectations that are going to throw me back into a bad place. Well, I don't want to belabor the jigsaw thing, but 
I, on the computer, I do jigsaws every morning. And, and, and part of the process I've come to is that I, I have learned to name different cutouts or inserts. Uh, there's, there's left leaners, right leaners, there's fat heads, there's skinny heads. Uh, and, and, and in the process of developing a vocabulary for, I'm more specific on what I'm looking for. That's the process we're talking about in forgiveness, in, in, in recognizing something you don't like in someone else. If you take that a step further, uh, you might think, well, I've done that. And, and so you have a, an identification with a different piece. You and I are different pieces in God's puzzle. And, and in that process, you, you have something more that you can look for, and you're more successful in placing pieces where they fit. I would liken that to the whole idea of spiritual flows, the, the idea of bitterness or resentment or jealousy or lust or whatever. Almost always woundedness comes out of one of those negative things happening. And when I'm able to see the bigger spiritual picture, you're exactly right that we projection is big and 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 the log and and the speck is big and to where I tend to be wounded by things that actually remind me of me. So many times when I'm bitter at you over a particular piece, a particular thing, there's something there that is tied into my past, that's tied into who I am. So you're exactly right. You've got your, your leaners, you know, your mm. left leaners, right leaners, fat heads, et cetera. We tend to get offended by something that actually has a root inside of ourselves. There's a, there's a lot of truth there. What do you say about it? you can't be hurt by, by what you're hurt is what you care about? You can only be hurt by what you care about. And so if I care about a particular area, and that other person cares about that area, and next thing you know, we're in competition, that's where woundedness comes from. If I take those things and I understand the sovereignty of God and I'm allowing God to deal with all of those things and take care of that, then again, it's easier to relax, it's easier to let go, and to let go as a lifestyle. That's, that's what's so huge here, and that's the point that I'm really trying to bring home during this, this segment. If you're letting go of individual events, you're not getting where you need to go to. One of the things that I, I really, that's big to me, a lot of times in, in the program, you have people who fall away, who do different things, and they'll come back and they'll like, can you forgive me? And, and they feel like it's this huge thing and et cetera. And, and my response, I don't always say it, but my response is, if I hadn't made the choice ahead of time to forgive people when they do things like this, I couldn't face another day. I've made the decision to live in forgiveness as a lifestyle. I believe in the grace of God. So there's virtually nothing you can do to me that doesn't fit that rule. Now, there are things you can do to me that are so incredibly painful that it may take me longer to get there, may take more work to get there. But I've already made that decision ahead of time that this is the lifestyle I want to live in. So when you use the word stand, what you're saying, I've taken the choice, I've made the choice, and I'm going to stand in this. This is the best way to live. And there's nothing you can do to me. There's nothing you can say to me that's going to move me out of that as a lifestyle. That's where I've got to get to in this point to where I'm understanding this is my choice, not about you, not about this specific wound, but this is the lifestyle. This is where I'm standing. This is how I'm living. And the only way I change is if God shows me that there's something even better. Uh, that works. Yeah. And sometimes that's what growth looks like. Exactly. There are better things. It's like, oh, I understood it here. You're taking me to a whole new level, God, and I love uh, and, it. And, uh, that's a great process. I mean, the, the act of uh, standing is in a, in a place, but it's also uh, the opportunity to 
change that to a, a better place. Let's take a break. We've been talking about the big picture. Let's explore a few questions in that area, and then I want to get really practical. Jumping into the practical side of of the forgiveness process, standing, speaking to that thing is a huge part of it. At some point, I've made the decision, I'm firm, I'm fixed, but now I've got to speak to myself, I've got to speak to the spirit realm. Speaking to it is is a big part of of that picture. When we have the picture of standing, it's stationary, And, and, and a lot of times... Standing indicates you're going nowhere, you're doing nothing. Uh, I mentioned the puzzle thing before. Uh, it's, it's been interesting over the years of doing this that uh, I've recognized how I do it changes. And I, I sit in one place. I don't stand to do puzzles, but I sit in one place. But I'm looking for different things. I mentioned the pieces have different shapes, uh, four sides. And each side has something different. Uh, they're different colors. Uh, there's straight edges. The, 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 that's the way I started doing puzzles. I always did the outside first. Separated all the pieces. But I've learned and I've named pieces for color. There's dark colors. There's combination colors. And then there's whatever the object or objects are in the picture have helped me to define exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, each, each year, each, each time I do a different puzzle, uh, more things become apparent, and, and I've developed a language for it. I think that's what we do uh, in, the, in the process of standing, is it's to, to be where you are and who you are, what you're doing, and who you are, which are two different things I brought up in class today. That language is really important because God determines who you are. You talk about who I am and what you're really saying. It's what I do because we're in the process of becoming. Uh, and, and that sounds like it's active, but being still in the midst of it is part of the process of growth, developing a language for it. Uh, Naming the pieces. Uh, This is what it looks like to me. You'd change it different language. That that isn't the point. The point is that you learn to identify uh, and you assimilate that. That's a process of being in the same place, standing, but it's also a process of going forward. What you're talking about right now to me, I would equate more with the soul level, where I am, I'm thinking through this, I'm seeing differently. When you get down to what I call the body level, now I actually start speaking to it. So now I've recognized that I'm, I'm stepping into a condemnation, or I'm stepping into judgment, or, or this person has, has aggravated this particular feeling in me, this particular thought. At some point, I've got to look at this if I'm in a standing lifestyle. I've got to look at that and say, I'm not going to walk in a place that is condemning. And I literally, and it is powerful. It's powerful for us to hear ourselves say this word. And I also believe it's powerful for the spiritual realm to hear this. I believe that our words actually bind the spirit realm, i.e. grab it, make it, take it captive, or release it to, to effectively work. So when I start seeing the different puzzle pieces, and I'm getting a hold of that, and I'm, I'm looking at the different aspects of my wounds, and I begin to say, okay, I've got to take this thing captive, and I've got to make it work in, in the will of God. I refuse to condemn this person. And I literally say that out loud, and I'm saying it maybe to myself, I'm saying it perhaps to the demonic realm, but I'm saying out loud, this is a huge first step. When that thing comes back and it tries to recapture, there needs to be a a forceful language that says, no, 
I refuse to go back there. My God spoke to me. He touched me. His grace is sufficient. He comforted me. He healed me. He opened my eyes so that I'm seeing it differently, and I'm understanding it for what it is now, and now I'm going to speak the truth over this thing, and not just truth in terms of, you know, a lot of times people, well, I just spoke the truth to you. And meanwhile, they're cutting you up, chewing you up, and spitting you out. But speak the truth in love, in edification. So now I'm taking that wound, and I'm saying, okay, now I've seen the purpose of God. I've seen the will of God. So I'm going to make my words actively line up with the will of God for that situation. I'm no longer going to stay in this negative frame towards you, but my words are going to line up with the will of God. Interesting. Uh, you're, you're good with phrases. Uh, and what you just spoke uh, brought something to my attention that might be a good phrase. It's that uh, if you're looking for something, both in the spiritual realm and in the human range and in everyday life, if, if that's what you're looking for, you're going to find it. And... and, and uh, the the ability the detail uh, is is what what we tend to recognize, but the the fact is, uh, what you think you're going to see or what you're actually looking for, uh, you're going to find it one way or the other, to the good or the bad, and and the the I guess the trick is uh, that you identify the things that you sense are the, the, the ways that God would have you, have you see it and, and hold on to those and deposit the other ones uh, in the trash. That's why the soaking phase is so important. We see, think, feel from inside of where we are. So if I don't get that time with God and I'm drinking in the peace of God, I'm drinking in the joy of God, I'm I'm being renewed. I'm, I'm having my hurt, my pain taken care of. If I don't go through that, I can't see differently. I can't think differently. But I get that time. And then I actively begin to work with my thoughts. I'm changing my thoughts. This is all part of the standing. And I'm, I'm developing a God way of looking at it. But after developing the God way of looking at it, then I move into the deeper, more substantive part of standing which is I'm going to speak to it, and I'm going to act upon it in a way that enforces the forgiveness as a lifestyle. The process is repetition. Uh, something comes, and, and speaking it is really important, isn't it? You, you, need, to, you need to say it out loud. It's, it's like so many things that go through our head. I mean, my, head's, my mind's always going somewhere, uh, and sometimes I have control of it, and sometimes it's in control. But the repetition, if you're, if you're going to, if you recognize something worth keeping, you need to repeat it. And repeating it out loud is an important step because it's almost like claiming it. I, I have the belief that whatever runs around in my head, uh, is, it, it affects who or what I do and, and how I interact with people, but it isn't, it isn't out there. When I speak it, I've, I've revealed what's inside my head. I've, uh, you see a better picture of who I think I am. Uh, whether that's reality or not, that's another thing. But speaking it is important. And that repetition, uh, when I speak it, that, that's, I'm standing then. I'm standing on this now. Once you've done something once, once you've said something once, you're more likely to do it again. That's just human nature. So I've been walking in this woundedness, and it's built up, and it's built up, and it's become, the biblical language is, it's become a stronghold in my life. So for me to get a lifestyle change, I've got to at least speak it once, the forgiveness thing, but I'm not done yet. Oh, no. The power of that thing over me, I, I can still jump back and reactivate the power of that unforgiveness, and it can be reactivated so easily because it's, it's like a washed-out spot where the water's going to run. It's going to run in the washout. And so you've got this washout, so now I'm trying to build something new. I have to speak it 
once. I have to act on it. I have to stand on it. I have to do it repeatedly. And somehow in this forgiveness area, what we think is, I've had this experience with God. I even did the soaking part of it. Now it's just going to be downhill from there. It's going to be easy. And I'm just going to say a flat wrong. You might as well have the expectation ahead of time. That thing is going to be tested. That wound is going to come back and it's going to be right in your face because you're still quite a bit who you were. The other person, let's say, hasn't done the God thing and they definitely are who they were. It's coming back at you. So if I'm not able to enforce this thing, forcibly stand, this is not a passive standing. This is not a weak standing. This is not a, well, whatever, whatever, whatever happens, happens, happens yeah. standing. This is a, no, I choose a forgiveness lifestyle because the grace of God is a better way to live. And when I choose unforgiveness, I'm choosing to be attached to your wound, to be married to your wound, instead of drinking in the presence and life of God. I refuse to live that way. I am going to stay in a place where I'm open to the presence of God, drinking in the life of God. I don't care what you do to me. These are lifestyle choices that have to be forcibly entered into, or I don't get where I need to go. The more you look, the more detail you see, too. And then the question becomes, what do you do with the details? Uh, again, puzzle. You, you sit in and look at a puzzle, and, and you're going to focus in on something. And the more you look at it, the more detail comes in. There are going to be things that, that uh, work for you, and there are going to be things that don't work for you. That comes into the process. So, like you said, standing isn't a, a, a neutral position. It's anything but, because you've, you've chosen to be where you're at. And now what are you going to do with that? And as the details come into more uh, clarity, uh, there are going to be some that are going to be uh, advantageous to, to your stand. And there are going to be some that, that are going to be disadvantages. And what do you do with that? Ultimately, it's not just about the words. It's about where the body goes. So I'm going to take us back to the Sermon on the Mount. And it's interesting, and you know, you've heard, but a lot of people might not. My interpretation of, of the Sermon on the Mount is get your own heart right first. So God doesn't want you necessarily to stand around and wait for people to hit you. Here hit me. Oh, now, here, hit the other side. Wow, this is a good life, God. But what he's talking about is get your own heart right first. So it would be better for you to take a beating than for you to respond in a negative way. This so fits the whole forgiveness process. At some point, I've got to walk this thing through of standing until I get heart change. So if I've got a situation going on with you, I understand that. And I understand that, okay, you're going to wound me again. God may have me just go back there and do what? Do the extra mile. And so I've got to go to you. I've got to ask for, for ask, you know, let you know that I was struggling with unforgiveness and I've got to forgive and I've got to go through that whole process. I may have to do that over and over and over again until it becomes a lifestyle. So there are many times in this whole forgiveness process, I specifically have to engage and have to engage with the very one who hurt me. Now, there's other times that the best thing you can do is flee from temptation. That's another uh, admonition of scripture. Or maybe I go to you and I confront instead of asking forgiveness, etc. There's all kinds of different responses and the actions ultimately go back to obedience. Standing means I hear from God. Standing means I obey God. And sometimes that means I stay engaged with you and I keep doing the extra mile and I keep walking this thing through until I get my heart right. But there's also other times when if I stay engaged with you, it's going to flat take me out. So ultimately, I've got to learn to hear from God so that I know where to stand, how to stand, when to stand. We've talked about the speaking, and, it, and uh, in my own life, uh, I came to realize the importance of that because it was the start of me taking ownership for my thoughts. 
and there's some thoughts that I, I I think they're gifts from God that are meant for you only. But there there are and there are things that you are given that are meant for other people to hear. Uh, but a lot of times, I think the most important thing is that it points you to the fact that you need to take ownership of what's going on inside of you. And that speaking it, particularly in a, in a, a confrontational situation, the speaking it brings my attention to, okay, what's your part in this and what are you going to do about it? And, and uh, which initially takes the spotlight off of whatever hurt someone else has done to me or whatever it is, the, the confrontational part of it. And, it. and it puts it back in, okay, you're, you've said it out loud now, what are you going to do with it? Are you, where are you going to take it? How are you going to see it? And, and that ownership, uh, own, your, own your heart, own your ideas to the point that you know what you want to do with it or find out. Heart change. Yeah. Last program, soaking. This program, standing. The issue is no longer the issue. The issue is me walking in the will of God, in the kingdom of God. Get your own heart right first. If I'm doing that, then I'm moving in the right direction. I'm using words. I'm using actions. Now, I want to jump off on one other topic, which we touched on last time. I want to revisit this time because this ends up being so powerful. If I forgive, do I have to stay involved with the other person? Well, in the context of what we've been talking about, there are times when you flat need to stay involved Mm -hmm. with the other person until your heart gets right. And a lot of times what I've seen is God will keep you there, keep you in that relationship until you get into a better perspective. And lo and behold, when I finally grow up, when I finally grow through it, all of a sudden I can let that situation go and God kind of moves me on and and there. And somewhere in there you've finally figured out that it's not about the wound at all, which is what this whole program is saying over and over again. It's not about the wound at all. It's about me stepping into the will of God, the kingdom of God, living it out the right way. A little bit of grow up and grow, then you can go on. And, and like you say, sometimes uh, you'll, <laughs> the escape that you think you have is, is actually going to be, no, wait a minute. Uh, I, I'm going to give you the opportunity to be an impetus for that other person. And, and uh, somewhere along the line, you see growth there, and wow, that's, that's pretty cool. I want to put a note, a caveat here that is like, stop. There's this thing called safe. There are times when it's just not safe. It's not the wisdom of God. It's not the will of God. It's not automatic that you stay involved until you beat it, until you get better. There are times when if you'll just be soft and you'll be humble and you'll get it surrendered to God, he will move you and you don't do the Sermon on the Mount process, but you actually come over to a different person, different situation, and God deals with you in a way that is safer, that is healthier for you. So no, I I, I want to answer that question. There are times when no, it's not safe. It's not smart to stay engaged. And you need to allow people to move you out of it, or you need to allow God to move you out of it. It's not necessarily plug in and stay in until you overcome. Complicated, and yet when we put it in the right hands, there's a clarity to it that you sense. Uh, there's a spiritual, uh, there's a spiritual message that comes that uh, where. Uh, there can be turmoil all around you, and yet you have this sense of peace. Uh, one of the guys described that today, and and uh, he said that he, he had a, his tops of his hands was it itched or sweated? The, the, well, there, his palms were sweaty, and the tops of his hands were itching. And 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 when he had that uncomfortable feeling, and and then he had a, a, a definite spiritual moment, and and he still had the sense of, of the itching on top. Uh, and I offered that, that I thought that that was the same source. It was the Holy Spirit 
first one was getting the attention because there was a dual thing. It was either or, and, and, and he responded in a, a positive way to that movement, and then it was just the, the, the one, the itching on top. And, and I believe that, that we face that on a daily basis, who knows how many times, that we, we are, the Spirit is wooing us, uh, and, we, and when we've received it, we have that Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is, is, is giving indication that there's contact, and we sometimes respond and sometimes we don't. But when we do, uh, it's, it goes from being the possibility for, for the bad, and it turns into the best. My one-liner, it's not complete till it hits the feet, until it becomes a walk, until the spiritual experience, the soaking experience becomes a natural experience. It hits the physical realm. If it's itching of hands and that's the way you notice God, that's fine. Uh, generally, it doesn't come out in that kind of a way. But whatever it is, if you notice God, you notice the work of God, then it's got to effectively be implemented into a lifestyle. And when that happens, all of a sudden, the forgiveness, the, the, the wound, the bitterness, all of these ugly pieces, they become smaller. God becomes larger. Now I know I'm finally getting where I need to go. So you get a picture here. You, uh, you soak. Uh, you take it in. You stand. But standing isn't standing still necessarily because when you receive you take you uh, assume the liability, the responsibility, and in the standing and looking to God, you begin the walk that takes you closer to Him. That's uh, for me. That's a nice. That's a nice progression. The title is "Let It Go," and the "Let It Go" series. If if you stop with that, I. We stop where a lot of times people stop, which is, well, I let it go, so I'm done. These last two programs have taken us into like a whole different realm where it almost needs a different title, where it's like, implement it, soak it in, plant it. I've got a title for you. Let it go and get going. And get going. Well, we, we, we needed that as a part of the title in order to really bring home the point of these last couple of programs, because I need the soaking. I need the standing. That's all a part of the receiving. I've got to get to a different place. I'm not who I was. I let it go. I drank in from God. I forgave. I'm able to get going. That's, that's a whole different picture. We're not just dragging through to the forgiveness finish line here. We're facing the future, and we're focusing on something bigger, better, because God has a work he wants to do in us and through us. Bigger, better, forever. Amen. Well, I hope that this series on forgiveness, the Let It Go series, has been powerful. I'd love to have you share it with other people. I think it can touch lives. And we're not done with this one. Uh, we have a, another series that's going to pick up on this process and implement it into other areas of our lives. And so I hope that you'll join us for those. Thank you for being with us. We hope we've been a blessing. Editing and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live at Studio 104. Let me totally jump ship from puzzles to a different thing here. What would you say your biggest takeaway has been from this entire series so far? 
But the, the, the process of letting go, let it go. There's, there's the, the first picture that comes to mind is, is just pitching something, just getting it out, get, get rid of that, you know. Uh, but I, your first book, Going Deeper, uh, that, that, I couldn't tell you how many times that comes up on a, a very regular basis. Because that's what Let It Go, this series is, is saying, is, okay, uh, we, we're surface people. Uh, if, it's, if it's irritating me, I'm aware of it. If it's, if it's something that bugs me, I'm aware of it. If it's something that makes me happy, I'm aware of it. Uh, but there's, there's more to it than just that initial rush or... Well, it's, it's a rush one way or the other, a good rush or a bad rush. Uh, and, and the process of going deeper is really what God's asking you. Uh, it's what God requires of us, is that we, we go deeper, that we, that we dive in, we, we soak it up, and, and then we stand in it, and which that's not the end of the process, that's just the first step. And, and we have to dive in again. We don't have to, but that's, that's healthy life, and that's living. And if you choose not to dive in, you, you might as well <laughs> set it out. Were there any specific pieces that's, you know, in terms of going deeper and pieces that you referred to? It's like, wow, this, this piece really stood out as something I hadn't thought about before that I'm trying to implement or otherwise. Have I never thought about it before? I couldn't, honestly, I couldn't answer that. But what's happened in my life is there's a, there's a presence, and I, I believe it's Holy Spirit. That's my personal take on it. But there's a presence to, that demands of me that I go deeper, that, that you can make a point that I may have touched on somewhere along the line, but that's the beauty of relationship, is that, that uh, your perspective, as much time as we've spent together on radio and doing this, which I'm thinking about, I've spent as much time with you as, as a lot of people in my life, maybe, maybe more than, than quite a few. Uh, and the reality is that's cool because it's, it's added depth to me, and I trust that it's added depth to you. But the, but the, the beautiful part of it is when we, when we are able to see that God wants to multiply that, and, and everyone that you come in contact with, and even those and with, with television and, and books and all. There's so many pathways that we can be influenced if we'll pay attention to it. And I, to me, that's the beauty of it. It isn't, it isn't one thing. It's the possibility of all things uh, that can, can be brought into a different light, give you a different perspective, and in the process, draw you nearer to God. I, I was just interested in terms of it's like, okay, is there a lot of the programs in terms of the process, there are times when I have my notes and share the notes and we're, we're talking about that, but stuff comes up as we're talking. It's like, oh, I hadn't thought of it. I sure didn't phrase it that way in my notes. Uh, a lot of times with TV, it's, it's very scripted and it's, it's like, okay, we're going to say it and we're going to say it this way and this timing and and let's rehearse this and et cetera. And I, I just love the God process and in, in what we do. I I think it it uh, I think it honors God because we do go where sometimes we don't intend to, uh, but the reality is we talk about the things that that uh, matter to us and and uh, just like talking about jigsaws. I mean. 
people could care less if I do jigsaws or not. But in my experience, that's been important. And, and, and Matthew comes in and he, he covers all this, uh, makes us sound as good as we can sound. And, and, <laughs> or look as good as we can look. Yeah, God and, help and, him. and God bless that's, him. <laughs> I don't have that perspective. I wouldn't want to sit over there and do that. But if he doesn't do that, then it doesn't come over the air. It isn't presented. So we're all pitching in. So why not pitch our best stuff? I was a pitcher, so that's another language. Uh, I wanted to have my best stuff. Some days I didn't. Sometimes my curve wasn't doing what I wanted it to. So I had to rely on other things. I went where <laughs> uh, I thought I had the best ch chance of presenting my best side. And it wasn't for show. Uh, well, it probably was some for show. But, but it was more about uh, I wanted to do the very best. If I pitched a great game and got beat, which happened, uh, I, I threw a no-hitter once and lost, one to nothing. And, and that was frustrating, but I, I gave my best stuff. And I believe that that's the flow that happens uh, most of the time. And when it, when it doesn't happen, when we're more scripted, uh, uh, it's not as, as free-flowing. It isn't spirit stuff as much. You want to throw anything my direction? <laughs> well, you got me all fired up now. Yeah. Pull your mic in just a little bit faster. Okay. What's your take on that? I mean, uh, you, you, you wrote the material. Uh, and when you come in, you you let me know this is this is where I'm going to go. This, this and, is the direction. And so, how do Brilliant. you how do you feel when that doesn't go that direction? Sometimes I feel great about it because it was larger, it was greater, it was more significant, more meaningful than anything I would have ever thought up. Uh, there are times when. I walk away, it's like, wow, that didn't go the way I wanted it to go, and I'm, I'm frustrated with myself because I didn't get it across the way I want to. Uh, but I would have to say the vast majority of the time, it's why I like working with you. We sit down, and there's, there's a synergy that is greater than what I had intended to bring in. And, and I really enjoyed this series as it went on. Because somewhere around the third, fourth one, I really felt that synergy start to build. And it, it, it built at a completely different level than it was maybe even just on the first, first few podcasts. So you're, it, it's frustrating because I, I picture you in your preacher role. Uh, and, I, and I've heard you say this, and I've heard Quentin say this, that, that Sometimes when you thought the best stuff that you ever delivered, and there was no response, and and other times when you felt like it it wasn't so hot, had a great response. Is, is that happens here? Oh, absolutely happens here. And if I walk away on a given day frustrated, I still have that backdrop. I understand that what I thought wasn't good might speak to someone in a powerful way, and what I thought was wonderful might fall dead on many, many ears. Well, I'm reminded of part of the process we discussed with Let It Go, was that there's another, another person in this. You know, there's someone else in this, and we hope there are lots of someone else's in, in, in this case. Uh, that, that what our discussion, which is intimate, we know each other, decently. I mean, we don't spend tons of time together, but when you put together all the hours we spent behind microphones, that's quite a bit of time. So we're, we, we have a comfort, uh, a safe place that we can be, we can actually say what we think, but how it, how it affects someone else, we really don't have a gauge of that very much.
It is interesting because on the one hand, I'm wanting to shape words. I'm trying to be careful. I'm trying to enunciate clearly. So there's an element of performance in, in what I do and what we do that we're, we're being attentive to. We want it to look good. We want it to feel good. But I would also come back and I have a deep belief and I want it to be authentic. I want it to be real. I, I want to have a genuine conversation. I, I'm listening to what you're saying. You know, I'm, you're listening to what I'm saying. And, and it is a growing process. And yet at the same time, in the back of your brain, you've got this, okay, this needs to flow, et cetera. So it, it is interesting. You've got both of those tensions going. But if I'm going to fall off of one side of those, it's not on the performance side. If I look bad, I look bad. If I sound bad, I sound bad. Let's be authentic. Let's, let's hear from God. Let's be real. 